Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. We're back in my living room in Van Nuys. Very glamorous. Anyway... You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you enjoy a determiner. Uh, Vilmos fixes the website, of course. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Sweet, sweet job he's doing. And, um, doop-ba-da-bop. Oh, Mike Rickberg just sang the song you heard with his girlfriend, Sarah, and Michael sing again at the end. So those are the credits. Very exciting. Vilmos just updated JackieCation.com. Uh, my schedule, totally there for stand-up comedy, of course. The store page now, everything's $5 more. Because uh, postage was kicking my ass. So feel free, uh, if you would like a T-shirt or a CD, a Dork Forest T-shirt or a Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirt, to order at JackieCation.com. And there's international prices now, too. And so that's about it. You can also order a hooded, a sweet, sweet hooded sweatshirt if you enjoy a zip hoodie. Uh, that'll take probably four or six weeks, though I'm going to order soon. So if you want one, do it now. And then there's a donation button, both on dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com. Knock yourselves out, folks. If you have a hundred bucks, uh, give it to me. If you don't have a hundred bucks, just listen and then, uh, we'll still be friends. It'll all work out. Come out to the show. So, uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. It's the Dork Forest, the safest based in podcastville. Also available on allthingscomedy.com, which doesn't have any of the notes because SoundCloud imports it weird. But, uh, dorkforest.com has all the notes and links and all that kind of stuff. So, a thousand minutes later, let's introduce my guest for today. Hello and welcome to the program, Felicia Michaels. Well, thank you, Jackie Cation. I really like your podcast voice. <laughs> You're like, where's my mouth? Anyway, here on the Dork Force podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll bring it up a notch. This is my performance voice. Hello and welcome. That was I awesome. Ju- I just did a um, a show called erotic fan fiction mm-hmm. and um it was it, it's absurd you should definitely do it because um you Felicia Michaels you're known for a dirty joke you'll do a dirty joke I'll do occasion. a dirty joke you'll you'll, you'll talk about yes, it yes There's yes yes I will there are bendy people in some of your humor there are yes Felicia Michaels, by the way, stand-up comic. We met back in the 90s, in the 20th century. I know, in North Dakota, right? Grand Forks. And Grand Forks. And you said to me... At the Westward Ho. At the Westward Ho, where the pool was shaped like a boot. Yes. Uh, That was the best thing about that damn place. Uh, And then it washed away in one of the every single year floods that they have. But remember that? It was, you went to the Air Force Base, because all the guys came out and they were like, come on, we'll show you the Air Force Base. Yeah, you went with me, right? Yeah, you said, you're coming with me. Uh, cause I will not be alone with the crazy Air Force guys. And I was like, I get to go to the Air Force base. That's pretty cool though, it was right? Very, very, we got to sit in the stealth bomber. Remember we, that? In the simulator and we got to fly it. Right. We got to crash which, it. Yes. Which is, uh, <laughs> you crashed it. I, I think I kind of landed, but not on the runway. If I oh, remember, very nice. Cause it was one of my oh, well most done. prideful I totally, moments. I, yes, I crashed it. One of my most, the thing I most remember about it was that I had my foot up on the dashboard and I was pulling on the joystick and I said that to the Air Force guy and he goes, not a joystick, not a dashboard, <laughs> which I made me laugh. Because it was pretty intense. I mean, that thing must have cost $15 million, that it flight. Was yeah, it was 94. Yeah. It was way before there was yeah. an actual, like, you could just go in 2004 and play that game in a arcade. Yeah. And now, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you, U.S. military, for our video games. For entertaining us. Yes. And so uh, I have this to say. So in 94 or 95 or whenever it was that we met, uh-huh. you told me at that time that mm-hmm. you uh, collected 
lunchboxes. Little did we know oh, yeah. that almost 20 years later yeah. that you would still be collecting lunchboxes? I, I still collect them, but, it, you know, it gets to the point, like, you live in a perfectly sized house, which is probably pretty green because there's only five, how many square feet are here? Like a thousand? Nine, yeah, nine, just shy yeah, of a that's thousand. That's perfectly green yep. uh, for two people. And so right. when you have a lunchbox collection, it takes up so much space. <laughs> Even if you're packing three quarters of it away, right, it you, still takes up a tremendous amount of space, right? Because lunchboxes aren't small, They're especially not small. the older ones. Especially when you start getting a little serious about it, you know. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> when, now, I love lunchboxes. I think mm-hmm. we would all like to collect lunchboxes. Quite who honestly, who wouldn't, Jackie? Who right, wouldn't? Right. I mean, that's the thing about the dork force. People are like, "That's not a dorkdom." Everyone wants to. do Everybody that. wants a lunchbox. I know it. And do you? So, did you have a lunchbox when you were a kid? I had a lunchbox when I was a kid. I had a Dr. Seuss. Oh, here I have. I had two of them that I don't have in my collection now, and it burns my ass. I, it really does. <laughs> I had a, a Dr. Seuss uh, lunchbox, and it, uh, my mother had it forever under the kitchen sink, and eventually got all rusted out. I still remember it sitting under the kitchen sink and opening up the doors and being all like, wow, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, damn, you know? Why is it never f- oh, Why know, didn't it get moved to the linen closet? I know. Which doesn't have any water involved. I know. Dr. Seuss, was it a square one or it was, was it a round one? It was a square one and it was like a turquoise back and it had a white trim and I think Cat in a Hat was on it kicking back. You know how Cat in a Hat does. I do. It's Cat in a Hat style. Mm-hmm. So that was, I had that one. And then when I was super little, and I know you're going to cream your pants over this. Oh, yeah. I had a it's banana a splits vinyl lunchbox. Do you fucking understand how rare actually. that is? Really? What, what, why the banana vinyl? splits. Do you know the banana splits? Uh, a band for children. It was kind of like this goofy, like, Muppet band for children. Okay. Yeah, and... Uh, I never did watch it, but I hear that it's amazing. Was yeah. it great? Yeah, when it was you like were in little? the late 60s. Okay, so yeah. it was like a, it was, it was like the Teletubbies of today for little kids. It kind of was, but if you were on acid. Okay, cause it yes. was super trippy. Cause it was super trippy. And like just, the electric company a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and a little bit like the monkeys. It was like the okay. monkeys too. Like it was that kind of funky thing. And okay. so I had a vinyl one, which was super rare because you hardly ever find Vinyl, vinyl lunch boxes. They're mostly just aluminum or steel or something. No, no. Right? The vinyl lunch boxes were actually just cardboard, literally like wrapped around with a, with, you know, the drawings or logos or whatever. It was like shower curtain material. And so if you left a half of a peanut butter sandwich in over a, of a three day weekend, like Oof. Labor Day or something, yeah. it would totally like mold out and fuzz out the inside of your oh. uh, lunchbox. Okay. Yeah. And they were mostly for girls because the thing about lunchboxes is like people don't realize now is that Oh my God! I am. I lo- no, no. Let's do this. Let's go there. Let's make it happen. Okay. Well, is that they used you have to that use- great dork forest look on your face? Where like a lot of people don't realize this. Go. But uh, uh, lunch boxes were like weapons. You know what I mean? Like, and you. Uh, I was looking at lunch what? boxes the other day. Like, yeah, oh, like an anti-bully machine or something. It was like that's what the bullies beat you down with, or you oh, defended yourself it. with the lunchbox <laughs> from the bully. Like that was a weapon, you know? Okay. Because it had the perfect handle. Right. It had dull like corners, so like you could hit someone but not leave a bruise. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. There was it's no cutting. Surprising to me, the mafia didn't get some lunch boxes <laughs> to start beating down others. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, it, you know, if you got your arm going in a windmill action, you could you could give someone a concussion. So there, a lot of moms uh, got together and tried to ban lunch boxes, but they started making. When was that? 
You know, I I think well, it must have 70s? been. Yeah, I guess in the early seventies. What a bunch of fucking bossy magoos, man. Hey, look, your kid gets cracked open by. I, I suppose. I suppose you're just like, okay, we're gonna take that you know, out like of the a hands green of hornet lunchbox. You know what I mean? You get a little pissy. You get some pissy. All right, yeah, go go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but it is interesting when you look on eBay at, at a bunch of lunchboxes. You start noticing uh, certain trends, like. I always thought like a trigger lunchbox, you know, with the horse trigger on it. Okay. Always looks like shit because the kids that would gravitate toward a trigger lunchbox, they were out like in the, right, you know, right. backyard or out in, yeah, in they some were kind of lot, all the time, carrying a little bit of kerosene and matches in it. <laughs> you know, they're about to go. It was about to happen, you know. And the other great thing I love about lunchboxes right. is it's such a reflection of what was geared towards children of that time. And what was happening with society at that time? Okay. Like in the 50s, it was a lot of cowboys and Indians. Okay. And then in the 60s, it was, uh, early 60s, it was the space race. Oh, right. But then at the end of the 60s, it became like a lot of uh, war-themed ones because that was Vietnam. And like Sergeant also, Rock and stuff? Or? Well, just like uh, G.I. Joe okay. and uh, uh, Rap Patrol. That was a TV oh, right, show. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's different genres for the lunchboxes. And mm-hmm. So it was a lot of uh, things geared toward... Reflecting. What, reflecting what went on at that time in society. And that's what I think is the coolest part about lunchboxes. That is fascinating. Yeah. And it also... I like the idea of of each lunchbox, you know, kind of telling a story about the kid that wants that lunchbox oh, too, absolutely. like that trigger thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, there's a, it's two different kids. A kid that wants, like, let's say, uh, <clears throat> how how are we gonna like a rat patrol, which is like you know the jeeps in the desert, like in the yeah well, during World War Two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Northern whole, Africa kind of an moment. African kind of Africa kind of moment, and then you had you know kids that would want. A, uh, like, like I said, Beatles the, or the Beatles or the banana splits, you right? Know, the Beatles probably was girls, but banana splits, you <laughs> right. know? Yeah. So, okay. It's interesting. Was there a flipper one? There absolutely, I have a flipper <gasps> one. You have a flipper one? My flipper one was like my second or third lunchbox I ever got. I'm taking off my jacket because it's about to happen in here. It's, it's right. It's about to get, we're about to, cause it's actually warm and I should, no, we're good. Cause I loved flipper when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I loved flipper and I loved lassie. Yes, yes. And I love I don't uh, have Flicka. a Lassie. You don't have a, do you have a yeah. Flicka? My I friend Flicka? I, I don't, don't know think if you ever. there was a Flicka lunchbox. Interesting. You know, sometimes like I, when I go on eBay and look at other stuff or you find one where you're like, I didn't know they had this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I mean, it's so cool like that, but, uh, I don't think there was a Flicka. There was a. Well, t- some things like the, like this dorkdom remind me. Of the terrible childhood I had. Guess what? Uh, I never had a lunchbox as a kid. You shut the fuck up. I know it's hard to believe. Guess what? If that's the worst thing about my childhood, it was all good. It was all working out. I we used. A, I cannot. Ag- we brown disagree with you more. We brown bag. Oh it. man! And it was a row of brown bags, by the way, because I'm the youngest of six. And oh. so my oldest brother was. Yeah. Uh, he was done with school. He didn't graduate. He was just done with uh-huh. high school. Uh-huh. And so, but the five of us had to make our our lunches for the entire week on Sundays. Yeah. And then they would line up on the bottom part of the fridge, you know, Phil, Scott, Russ, Darla, Jackie, uh, all five of your lunches were made. So uh-huh. by the end of the week, your sandwich was crunchy, yeah. but it was made. Yeah. Because, and we all had to make our lunches on Sunday afternoon. And uh, For the week? For the week. You shut up, really? For the you week? Not, for the whole week, because my stepmother was like, we're not doing it every night. That I'm, is a stepmother thing right there. She's like, we're not fucking having this fight every single night. We're going to do it on Sunday. It. Yeah. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah. Five yeah. kids? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. She was like, no, we're not. And that's five weapons in the house. 
Uh, it could be if there were lunch boxes. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying. Seriously, but uh, yeah. now it's just paper cuts. Yeah. Because we just had paper. Yeah. And um, and it would be a sandwich and an apple, and uh, off to, off to school. That's all it would be. Would mm-hmm. be a sandwich and an apple. Yeah, no chips or anything either. Yeah. 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 Wow. A lot of kids. You have to wow. be like Mel Gibson rich. What kind of have... sandwich would it be? That's an interesting question because here's the thing. When I was seven, when she became my stepmother, I was uh, I was uh, eight years old. And so when, when, when she, when they got married and she said, you have to pick, what do you want in your lunch? What kind of sandwich do you want? Little did I know I was picking forever. Oh no. It oh never God. changed. So I Why picked. Why do stepmothers do their kind of stuff? Well, because she's just trying to get some work done. She's trying to, she's trying to make sure the chip is say, you know, I mean, I totally understand. But when you look back on it, she also had this depression mentality that was hilarious. Like we could never use the Yahtzee pad. When we played Yahtzee, we had to use a piece of paper and then just copy it. She right. was like, we're saving the Yahtzee pad. Oh, she would make you save it. For what? For we never got to fucking use the Yahtzee <laughs> For pad. For the greatest and Yahtzee game of all fucking of time. Of all fucking time. Like, and the same with the damn Mad Libs. Anyway, but the thing is, <laughs> it was like, it was the craziest thing in the world where you're like, who hurt you? <laughs> that you're not willing to share these items. So, uh, I picked bologna, uh, and bologna, oh it's, my God. But get this, my sister, so for 10 years, I had bologna sandwiches. And uh, my sister, two years older, so for eight years, she had peanut butter and jelly. Now, you would think the jelly would change. But let me tell you something about uh, jelly. Apricot, always on sale. And Darla will not be eating apricot jelly anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, mm, we're done. Get this, my brother Russ, liverwurst. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Five days a week, oh, liverwurst. Oh, my God. He was alone a lot. He was alone a lot in uh, junior high and high school. Well, this concept makes no sense to me because it just makes no sense to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the thing is, is her plate was full. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me either when you think right. about it. Because I mean, because you're still buying a big old thing week. of liverwurst, a big old thing of bologna, a right. bunch of peanut butter and jelly. Yep. You could just you could just say everybody's no getting salami. Everyone's yes, getting yes. pimento. Yeah. Everybody's doing this or doing uh. that. And so she was trying to be good. She was like, what do you want? And yeah. so, and then, but she never asked again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was fine, but oh, oh <laughs> it's hilarious. That's so crazy. I know. And then as my brothers got older and graduated, I remember asking for a damn lunchbox several times. And then yeah. I was in junior high and she's like, no one in junior high uses a lunchbox. Wow. Did you have lunchbox envy? I had total lunchbox envy. Was there one lunchbox where you're like, I want that fucking lunchbox. I want that fucking lunchbox. Where's Flipper. That was it. It was it. It was the damn flipper. I liked that. I, there was a couple of them. There was like, um, like I loved the lassie one. I was a bit of a, I was a bit of an animal kid. Yeah, I, I wanted that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, was a, I was reading a lot of dog books. I was reading a lot of horse books. Uh, I was alone a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I was doing laps around my tiny, tiny town, the tiny factory town outside of Milwaukee. Wow. So did you, so which ones do you, which ones did you have when you were a kid? No, I told you I had the, uh, the, the uh Dr. Seuss and, and the, the banana splits and that's the only one. Those were the two ones? That was it. And that made could, it through sixth grade? No, I mean, you had it for like just a year or two, you know, so, mm-hmm. and then by the, by sixth grade, you're, you're done with the lunchbox. Are you? Know? I think so. I was willing to do it. I was willing to go, really? but I, but I like, I like the fact that there was definitely a time when you're, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. big kid now. I don't need a lunchbox. Do you have one in your house? I do not. I should have brought you one. Well, there'll be a, there'll be a day. 
Yeah. It'll be a day I'm going to get a damn lunchbox. But cause the thing is, is I do remember kids who had lunchboxes and there was constantly the worry that you were going to break the thermos, the glass and the oh, thermos. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. You yeah. Would be so that's the thing is uh, why when you get lunchboxes, it's worth more when you have the thermos. You know? Right. And, the, uh, and it would shake because kids would be like, uh-oh. And then they get this look at their face like, someone's going to hit me in my yeah. house later today. Yeah. It's in the 70s, of course. And it would never make sense because you would throw your lunchbox around, thermos would never break. And then you would just set actually the lunchbox gently down on your desk and then <laughs> and you come at lunch. You would hear it. Yeah. Like, like how, how is that happening? You yeah. Know? It's like, it's like there's a, a tipping point where you're like, uh, yeah, I guess I do remember that because yeah. kids would, would screw around with their lunchboxes forever and yeah. then it would be the last straw. And they're like, I swear I didn't do anything. Yeah. Do you, uh, what, well, I have to say that when I first started collecting lunchbox, my first one that I collected was a Charlie's Angel one. Oh, and that's a good I, one. I had that and I, uh. When did you start collecting? I started collecting in my early, I want to say mid twenties. A little bit of disposable income? You were like, I'm no, going to do you this. You know what it was is because I was starting to work on the road a lot. I'm a stand-up comedian. Yes, and you are. FeliciaMichaels.net. Yes. And uh, uh, I would, you know, you have so much downtime. Yes. And so I would go to garage sales oh, or and flea thrift. markets yep. and thrift stores and all that kind of stuff. Because I used to buy my clothes in thrift stores because I couldn't afford nice clothes. Right. And then I saw, I that's how it started is because I, I always buy my clothes in a thrift store and I got, I saw a Charlie's Angel one. And, uh, you still have that one? I still have that one. And I carried it around as a purse. And I had found like some plastic, like purse strap, like see through that had oh, yeah. two clippies, like silver little clips on it. Yeah. And I just put that on my lunchbox and I carried that around. Do you like a handbag? Do you like a shoulder bag or do you like a clutch? I, I like a- ver- uh, ver- versatility. Like I have uh, my purse there and it's a little, it's kind of a handbag, but it has a strap because sometimes you just need to strap that shit on and go do your thing. Right. Cause you got to be hands free. Yeah. You got to be able to do a, a sort of a shoulder bag situation. Yes, exactly. Fair yes. enough. <laughs> so that's why I did that with that, uh, uh, lunchbox. And then, uh, I was in Sacramento. It's pathetic that I remember where I get some of the lunchboxes. No, no, that's great. Uh, I was working the club in Sacramento and I got a flipper lunchbox for $40. And wow. I just, I just thought even back then, like, it's a steal. It probably wasn't, but, uh, but worth it, it start, you know? Yeah, totally worth it. Uh, you know, cause are they, are they, do they average around 40 or 50 bucks? Or? No, they're all different and it all changes with what's going on. Like, I remember when I first started collecting, there was all sorts of Star Wars lunchboxes, oh, right. but, you know, I picked it one up for like six bucks here, five, yeah. you know what I mean? Two dollars there. And now they're worth, you know, a little bit more. Right, right. Uh, but at the time. they be worth hundreds of dollars, right? People are on board, right? Yeah. I mean, not, maybe not Star Wars, but some of them, yeah, like I have a Beatles Yellow Submarine. Okay. And that's that's worth, fancy. That's worth quite a bit or, uh, a Je- uh, Jetsons. I don't have a Jetsons, but I have a Lost in Space. I would love to get a Jetsons. All right. And those were, uh, domed. Uh, my. Oh, those roundy ones that kind of uh-huh. look like a barn? Yes. Okay. Yes, those are. Cause and then the thermos can fit right, it right on the top of one. it. Right, right. And the, and the thing is how lunchboxes came to be is that people would work in the coal mines mm-hmm. and they needed to have a lunch. Right. So they, uh, they started out with little tins and a lot of times they started with toba- tobacco tins. Oh, right. And then children started carrying them around and they would, uh, use different tins that their mother had in the kitchen, like a coffee tin or, right. and then, and then people started realizing that kids are having these. So they started making like 
little fun scenes, but kind of just in the same basic tin format, you know? Right. And then, uh, what like was it might it? be a farm scene or something, but yeah, nothing fancy. Like, not, yeah. Like not a radio at show a picnic, or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Real basic, like really this, basic, yeah. cutesy kind of stuff. This is the carriage you want to buy when you're big. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Real cute stuff. Yeah. And then, um, I, I think Disney was the first one to kind of, uh, do them a little bit up too. Like I have an old Pinocchio lunchbox that's super, old, but it's not a lunchbox, it's a lunch pail. And okay. so it looks completely different. Does it look like a pail? It's round, yeah. like a little pail, and has a yeah. top with a little handle, and it's uh, uh, circular, you know what I mean? Yeah. C- uh, cylinder-like, you know, Okay, so it's, so it's not like a wider mouth pail. No, no. But it's just essentially a tube. Right. With, with, a, with a handle. Yeah, yeah. A top so, and a handle. And that one's pretty old, and that was one of the first ones. And then... uh Someone really recognized that kids were, uh, carrying a lot of these kind of things around. And then I think, uh, uh, Aladdin, which at the time was after World War II, where, uh, uh, uh you know, people, right. when they, when grownups bought lunch boxes, you had the same lunch pail for five years. You're a grown right. up. You take it to the mine every day. We're, you're not an idiot. You we're know? not an idiot. You're not going to forget it. You're not going to drop it. Right. You're not going to break it. Exactly. And so after World War II, when they kind of had to go back to that format, of the lunchbox thing, uh, someone said, Hey, you know, kids are, kids use lunchboxes and they lose them and all this kind of stuff. So they made a hop along Cassidy lunchbox. That was kind of the first big one that yeah. you, could, you remember. And it was just basically an old, uh, well now old, but mm-hmm. uh, a red, simple square lunchbox with just like a, a picture applied to it. Oh, you know what I mean? So not like a sticker, but. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I mean, but permanent. You know, it was red with that kind of face. Oh, just some sort of applique. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, you know, of Hopalong Cassidy. Of Hopalong Cassidy on like a metal tin. But it was like just a box with a it handle? Was, no, it was like how lunch boxes are nowadays. But when you would look, when you look at it now, you're like, oh, that is so old school. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that sold like, like hotcakes. That, and they, and they were like, holy shit. You know? <laughs> right. There is a market for this. There is a total market for that. And mm-hmm. then a couple of other companies came along and they did their stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that's how it came to be. And they would try to do, like TV shows and get licensing and, but then it got kind of really expensive at, you know, cause the heyday was like the late fifties, mid to late fifties, early sixties. That was the big time. That was pretty much the big time to the kind of sort of the late sixties. But then what happened is because they had to get uh, stars permissions because they were oh, doing right. TV shows like, like Magnum PI. I remember, <laughs> I remember there was a Magnum PI lunchbox. Really? Uh, <laughs> look at that face. What? <laughs> well, here's the thing. When you collect lunch boxes, for me, you have to do a, a you have to cut it off because it will be never ending. Because now there's right. all these retro lunch boxes, which are bullshit. And right, all those kind are of stuff. right. They're reproductions, right? Although I did see a Conan O'Brien lunch box that was goddamn beautiful. Really? Yeah, it was like some kind of swag thing. I'm sure they gave to people, oh. and I was all. You know, I didn't get any swag for doing Conan. You did it? Uh-uh. But uh, you know what? I got a check, and I got to be on Conan. So uh, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say thank All you. All right, we're going to let that go because yep. you obviously do not understand the power of the lunchbox, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that would have been awesome to get a Conan O'Brien it lunchbox. Pretty awesome. Because it was was it just a squarey one, like a like it was a squarey one. I and uh, and it was you know that old '60s like cutesy artwork with the the with the big eyes like yeah. like uh they did the Beatles one that had and they all have like big eyes they big or eye- the baller clowns and ball- little kids I feel, usually I feel like they're pressed in too like they're they're like yeah. embossed somehow Something, or raised yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, people like, collect those, that kind of artwork. I don't know what it's called, but it was done in that style. So Conan right. had really droopy, like big, like a, right. what, uh, what is that on uh, Shrek? The, when the cat does the, I'm sorry, and his eyes and his get eyes really get big. Giant. Yeah, like very that, manga. Yeah. What, uh, um, so, so did you have to cut yourself off at some point? Or? You do. So my, my thing is, uh, to me, the, the end of the lunchbox era, the last lunchbox they, they consider in that era, is a Rambo lunchbox. That was the cutoff to me. Is it First Blood or is it Rambo? No, it's Rambo. Okay, so it's the sequel to First Blood, Rambo. Rambo. It's a Rambo lunchbox. It's a Rambo lunchbox. And everyone considers that, who's into lunchboxes, that end of that lunchbox era. And I okay. think it was 1984. I, I could uh, be wrong. Right, right. Time. But yeah. that's close to what's right. And then I remember they went plastic at some point, too. No, they did go plastic because, uh, like I was starting to say, in the 60s when they started getting a lot of TV shows going on, that stars had uh, the right of refusal. So oh, they would okay. have to go back and forth with the artwork. And it's pretty dangerous expensive so lunch boxes the tin lunch boxes became very pricey and they also became embossed so you know what right. I mean? so that it added a little more dimension to the lunch box and mm-hmm. then they started making uh, the vinyl lunch box didn't last that long because they were shit like and they fell about. apart right they fell apart they got moldy and then they started doing the pressed plastic but yep. see I, I i am against the pressed plastic you're pro metal you're like a metal it's like you have to cut it off it's it's a different whole different thing you know interesting no yeah. so did a doorbell ring no no i don't know what happened but didn't it feel like it something it felt right? like something did ring hmm. oh you know it's probably his iPad. Andy's uh, iPad is hooked up to some game that alerts him occasionally when he has to feed and breed. That's what he calls it. <laughs> some sort of. So he's playing some sort of. It's like a because he's all he's been working on Facebook games because uh-huh. he's a game designer. Right? Oh, he is. Yeah, and so he's been working on a lot of interactive, you know, like iPhone, iPad, Android games, and Facebook games, and they all have some sort of, you know, hey. Don't forget to feed your dragon or hatch an egg or something. They have that in toys because I have kids, but when they were babies, they have these toys that self-activate to remind you about them. So you, you'll have oh. like a, uh, <laughs> so, like an, I, he had, my son had an Elmo. And so it would be like two o'clock in the morning. You're sneaking the refrigerator to get some ice cream or whatever. And then be like, and you'd be like, what the Holy. And it would be the toy. What a needy, needy world. It isn't, right? That's so egotistical of the toy maker, isn't it? Exactly. Oh my god! I was like, "Guess what? I'm gonna check out this toy when I want to." <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a chocolate. You're having the cashews. That's good. Diva Zappa allergic to nuts. Oh really? Yeah. She was like, "You have to, uh, you have to get those nuts off there." And I was like, "You got it." Because I usually tell people that these nuts were uh-huh. produced in a in a factory where nuts are produced. So right. if you're allergic to nuts. I'm glad you cleared that up for me. Right at minute. 26. Good I for put, me. I put nuts in my kids' lunches. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. What did you, I mean, cause I think, I think, I don't know, for a kid, a perfect lunch. Remember people used to make soup and oh, put I it know. in a, in a, in the thermos, a soup? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or, uh, well, some moms put pasta and stuff in their kids' lunches. Dazzle your sense of flavor. That's wow. a dark, dark That's promise. That's a dark promise. And, uh, but the, uh, um, yeah, remember in in Breakfast Club when she had sushi in her lunch? Yeah, that didn't make any sense I to me. Sometimes sushi, in the but lunch. just rolls, right? Like not fish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, sometimes, yeah. Raw fish that's going to sit in there. Hey, let's thin the herd. 
<laughs> Build an immune system. Chop, chop. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have two boys. Oh, yeah. brothers. Yeah. And uh, they had some cool lunch boxes. You know, what irritated me and I thought was just blasphemous is when they were in preschool. You know, we live here in L.A. and they were in some uh, preschool where a lot of actors and fancy people would send their kids to their preschool. Sure. And and someone had an original, one of the little kids had an original BG's lunchbox. And I just thought, what the fuck? Is wrong with you <laughs> that you would let your fucking preschooler bring Some this goddamn piece that. of work? It's a piece of art. I know. You're Here. gonna bring them like a Mona Lisa. You're just gonna have them carried around with them with a. See, and it's well. You know what's funny about lunchboxes is I have a couple of BG's lunchboxes. I think I have actually. I think I have one. And uh, <coughs> you know, graphically, like ten years ago, if you would have looked at it, you'd be like, nah, mm-hmm. nah. No, that's not. But I'm then. Ten years later, with how design is happening uh, and how you're surrounded by so many different decades of styles, when you look at it now with distance, you're like, that is a cool-ass fucking lunchbox. Yeah, I don't know. Art seems to be kind of cyclical like that. Where yeah, it, yeah. Where you don't appreciate what's in front of you with uh, with uh, the distance of it. Yeah, and literally when I bought that Bee Gees lunchbox, I was buying, because sometimes I would buy, if, if you... Go to a flea mark in the middle of fucking Texas. You never yep. know when you're going to see it again. You're going to run across. It has a big ass collection they're selling right. off. Like you never know. And so I was buying like six or seven lunch boxes at one would time. Would you have to ship them home? You know what? I, I would, it makes me laugh to think about it. Cause that time we, li- I lived in New York City with my husband and I would literally have to call him to prep him. Like incoming. Yeah. You know, Cause he hated them, you know, I'd be like, this lunchbox is worth $150. He's like, well, goddamn, sell them, sell them fucking lunchbox. Sell, sell. But I used to have bags and bags of lunchboxes that I would check on the plane right. and carry in. And mm-hmm. I remember um, the BG lunchbox. Uh, I, I literally was like, all right, throw that in and I'll buy this. It was kind of one of those things. Yep. And then yesterday I was on eBay and I saw, uh, three of them, and it was each of the BGs had their own lunchbox, and the three together, I was like, "That is, that's a that's that, fucking gorgeous. That's just a good looking. That that'd look really nice up on the shelf yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Do you have display shelves around the house? Well, they take up a lot of room, right? So I have this. Uh, most of them are packed away. Okay. And I sprinkle some of them. Yeah. Through the house. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, here this is a perfect example of how people do not get the lunchbox thing. So I was, uh, I, hmm. uh, have a cleaning lady once a week, right? Sure, I don't sure. want to sound obnoxious, but I'm lucky that I have a cleaning lady and she's right, totally right. cool and she rocks and she's like my, one of my closest friends. Right. And she was And thank me. God she comes. Thank God, right? Because you have two tall, small children. I have two children. fucking pigs in my house <laughs> <laughs> and then my At kids. At all times. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, uh, so she was helping me move my bedroom around and, uh, and I had like this teal lamp and I'm like, I'm trying to make my bedroom more romantic. And I brought in my Beatles lunchbox, which is, turquoise in nature and I brought it in from the kitchen and I put it you know next to my nightstand and I, and I was like that fucking looks hot and she was like oh you said you want it to be more sexy and I'm like how can a Beatles lunchbox not, not be, be sexy sexy you know right, what I mean right. you know some guy is fucking you looks over sees the Beatles lunchbox his penis might grow an inch longer that's I'm it just saying. he's just saying oh my god she likes the Beatles which you may not think about the lunchbox but he'll think about the band right, right? Yeah. a lot of guys like the Beatles a lot of guys like the Beatles. Andy Pro Wings, weirdly enough. Yeah? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you familiar with the band Wings? It was the one after the Beatles. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't, I don't know a lot about music. Yeah. So. Yes, you do. I bet you know everything about music. I don't. <laughs> no, Are you no. Serious? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Yesterday, Diva, uh, Zappa was talking about, um, how she does photography for bands and she mentioned a band. I have one album of like every kind of, not every, but many cool bands, right? And she mentioned Sigur Ross, which uh-huh. I, have one album of, and I was like, "Oh, I like them." Well, that's a pretty good indication that you're pretty savvy about music, I right? Would say yeah. I, I haven't bought a Granddaddy album since 1993. Yeah, it's a good one though. Yes, huh? who doesn't yes. love that album? It's yeah. a nice one. Yeah, might be 2003. Who knows? Who uh, knows? I just, uh, but I just, uh, I saw a band. Have you ever heard of the Scoundrels? I was thinking about buying, it's a UK bluesy kind of, the blues are back. I don't know yeah. if you've, I haven't even noticed, <clears throat> but Alabama Shakes, I think, and, uh, uh, the Constellations. I actually went and saw the Alabama Shakes about four months ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're great, right? They're great, but she seems like, you know what? I'm going to be quite honest. I love the Alabama Shakes. I think she is pure fucking awesomeness. Right. But I thought two members of the band looked kind of scared of her when they were playing. Oh. And made, and to the point where it kind of made me nervous. It made you like she was going to lose it on them? Or she might have been able to turn to the drummer and go, are you fucking serious? I don't know. That's what it looked like to me. Like they might have, there might have been some trouble. I don't understand people in bands. The greatest thing about stand up comedy is that you're alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You get your own room. Can you imagine it's if nice. we had to travel as four or five of us? It'd no, be stacked chaos. like fucking Corwood in a in a work. van. No, we would kill each other. Yeah. It just it was and and the riffing. Are you kidding? Me? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because there there's always some yeah. some dirtbag who wants to make everything into a joke. Yeah. Not everything's funny. What are you reading? That's what you want to ask him. You want to say <laughs> hi, anything? You got a political point? You got yeah. a what? What's yeah. what are your what's your family like? Anything? It's true. Like how's that. your grandma? Uh, <laughs> just very true. You know. No bands. So do you have a lot of, do you have them in, in categories at all? Do you ever think about? I don't have them in categories, but there are categories and there, um, I have, I have, I don't mean to brag. Oh, do it. Brag it. I up. have Safe space. a Sid and Marty Croft, uh, oh, right. collection of lunch boxes. Like, I'm sorry, I have to touch myself. Oh, as do I say it. it. And, uh, I have, uh, the whole collection. The whole, there's like four or five. I have Lidsville. I have Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Okay. I remember that. I have uh H and R Puff and Stuff. Right. I have uh there was one that was Sid and Marty Croft is like Speed Buggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have there's oh, uh Land of the Lost. And the Land of the Lost one uh still has its tag. And uh that's like that's like Is it, it like I mint got it cherry? Mint. Mint because Untouched by human hands essentially? What happened is uh like when I was first doing comedy, uh, I, you know, I've been doing comedy off and on quite a while. Mm-hmm. I got a, uh, sitcom. Right. A, a pilot. And one of the producers, like the associate producer or something, I was just chatting him up at lunch or whatever. And I was telling him about my lunchbox. I might even brought one in as a purse because that would have been right about that time. Right. And he was like, whoa, that's so cool. And I'm like, and he's like, how many do you have? And I'm like, oh, I have so many. I have H&R Puff and stuff. He's like, really? You do? And he's like, I used to work for Sid and Marty Croft when I was 17 years old. He was like at the time about 45, I would say. Right. When I was 17 years old and I was a runner, I was, you know, would like run. a PA guy yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he said they had this. Like warehouse just full of all those lunch boxes and swag. And uh-huh. I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah. And I, uh, sometimes I would take them and I have a bunch of stuff in my attic. 
And then the night we shot my pilot, right before the show started, he came in with a gift, and it was a Land of the Lost mint condition you know lunchbox with a fucking tag on it. That's the best Thermos, gift. everything. I mean, if you think about how that's, I mean, you know when you give a gift to somebody that you're like, this is something they're genuinely going to love. That's a beautiful story. I love that. Well, you have to, as a collector, like there are times when you're collecting a certain thing and you're around junk shops and cause I collect other stuff too, junk shops right, right. or, uh, flea markets and you run across something that you know a friend of yours is going to die right for. when they see it. And it's a, it's a hard thing cause I bought once, uh, a, uh, base cause I dated this guy who's really into baseball cards at one point. Oh, he right. had like the third largest baseball card collection in the world. I'm not kidding. He, he at one time he owned the Honus Wagner card. Oh wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty fancy. That's schmancy. a bit, that's a big deal. I've even yeah. heard of. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was kind of a troll though, but anyways, Fair enough. it didn't work out. It didn't work out. <laughs> Let's just go there. <laughs> it, what didn't, you yeah. can't fuck someone cause they have a cool baseball card collection. No. You can try, but no. it's just not going to work out. You know, one of the greatest lines in the world is, uh, is, uh, Tina Fey said, uh, you know, genius is not sexually transmitted. Yeah. So if you always want to sleep with somebody who's really, really smart oh, or funny I know, or I know. You know, makes them super sexy, but you're yeah. like, mm, not sexually transmitted. <laughs> you might want to go with somebody who has the social skills. It's, t- <laughs> it's totally true because usually the genius do not have social skills. Right. There's a trouble. There is anyway. trouble there. So uh what was I talking about? But you were talking about when you bought something for somebody. Oh, so I, uh they were, uh who is the big picture? He was a big baseball pitcher. Oh, God. He, uh, Ty Cobb? No, in the oh wow, in like the nineties. Oh, in the nineties, in uh, the Rangers. I want to say the Rangers. He had sparkling blue eyes. God, I can't believe I a handsome, a handsome. Oh, Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. It was really yes. It was good for me. I know, dude. I know. (laughs) How do I? Okay, girl comedians. The awesomeness. How heart boom boom. There you go. All right. So it was a Nolan Ryan uncut sheet of three D cards. Holy smokes! And I. Got it for like 20 bucks somewhere. I don't know how I got I might have even got it from the baseball guy. He might have just said, here, take this, right, whatever. Because right. he had, like, you would walk into his house and it'd be a fire hazard. He had boxes <laughs> of baseball cards everywhere. And so, uh, Mark Brazil, who was my friend at that time, he is the creator of the 70s show, but we okay. started comedy together. He was a big collector of baseball stuff. And so, even though I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world, it didn't belong to me. No. You can't keep it if it ain't your thing. Right. Even though it's, it's super cool and it breaks right. your heart. So right. Because you're him. like, yeah. And did, was he out of his mind? He was like so thankful for it's it. So, yeah. I mean, and that's its own. That's, you know, I mean, the thing, I don't really collect. I don't collect that much stuff. I Andy, Andy will collect, like he has action figures everywhere in com- and we collect comic books just because we read them. But I don't know what I collect. I collect books, I guess. And I have all of the Harry Potter books in both hardcover and softcover so I can lend them out. But the wow. British ones. Wow. Yeah, they're nice. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I also have all of the Cage Baker's books like that too. I have all the hardcovers and then I have all the softcovers. I like that. Sure. What the heck? Anyway, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's really, that's, I, I have, I, I have a baseball card collection because my brothers, when they would come back from wherever they were traveling when I was mm-hmm. a little kid, they'd always bring me packs of baseball cards. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't watch baseball and I never even did when I was a kid, but. Where are I, they? Do you, have you ever looked at them lately? I put them, uh, yeah, I, I actually had, um, oh, I had a, a rookie card that I wanted to sell for rent one time in Minneapolis when, in early years of stand-up comedy and, 
the guy took me for a buggy ride, man. It was like a, it was easily a $300 car. I think it was, um, yeah, I'm going to forget his name, but he was a, a, he's a hall of famer and he was a Boston. He was a Red Sox guy. Yeah. I think. And, uh, yeah. and it was, it was a rookie card. The, my favorite card that I have is a Hank Aaron card. Oh, wow. But it's a mess. Like yeah. it's all bent up and stuff. And I got it. From this kid, I, I, it was, it was a scam of a trade when I was a kid, but he had two of them and I, and I scammed him out of, and I traded yeah. him for his junkie one. Yeah. But it's still pretty cool, a Hank Aaron card when he was played for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's my favorite baseball card. Wow. So, yeah, I don't have, but, but I like the idea of, of, of collecting though. Like I, I always think, cause in this house, it's so small. I'll show you our guest room, which is, supposedly Andy's office, but it's more a guest room and, but it's a place where he has his action figures. Oh, and I have to see that. Yeah. And this, this, this green yeah. chest yes. has all of his transformers in it. And when we move, shut up. Yeah, he's really? got his transformers there and he's got his micromen in the curio shelf, uh, <laughs> with his, which, but it's, he's like, when we first moved in here, which is 10 years ago now, uh-huh. I think he's like, well, you know, I swap them out. So I'll put all the micromen in there. And then he has never swapped them out. But then we, like I told you, but the only thing we've done to this house is paint that wall. So yeah. we don't, well, you got a good deal then. We, we don't like change. Um, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so what else do you collect? Well, I uh, collect cartoon glasses, like promotional glasses like this. Yes. Okay. Uh, but original, like the original glasses, like, uh, uh, um, my favorite, I have two collections. I have Warner Brother cartoon figure collections, you know, like Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner, oh, right, all the Warner right. Brother cartoons. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of the taller glasses. And then uh, I think six and a half inches. And then I, my collection that is close to my heart right. is my Harvey uh, cartoon promotional glasses. So it's like Casper the Ghost, Hot oh, Stuff. Right. Hot Stuff. And then, uh, I remember Hot Stuff. Yeah, the Snidely Whiplash, yes. Bullwinkle, Rocky. Like those are kind of the, all the Harvey cartoon stuff. And those I ones believe. are shorter yeah. or more? They're five inches tall. And so I like, those are my favorite. And I, you know, I, the thing is when you collect something like that, you know, when you start collecting, you have to stop yourself or it just overwhelms you. Right. You know, you- and so when my kids were very little, uh, I didn't, I packed all the glasses away. But then, you know what? I had this epiphany as I matured is like, <laughs> as you get older, let's say you've been living in this house 10 years. How yeah. many sets of glasses have you gone through? Right. We keep breaking things. Right. So if you buy a set of glasses, eight glasses Mm -hmm. from Bed Bath & Beyond, Mm -hmm. a year later, four of them are broken. Right. And then you have, you know, three of them or two of them left. And then like five years later, you you can't have a dinner party. Right. 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 (laughs) You got to, nothing matches. Nothing matches. Right. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, uh, it is a vain little thing. And, and, but you know, you can't be Martha Stewart when your glasses don't match. No, no. And it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you know, because I, they only start making them, for, uh, they only make certain things for a certain amount of time, like a year or so, and then right. the factory moves on or however they do it. So what I thought is, you know, the cartoon glasses, if we use those, if a couple of them breaks, I'll just go on eBay. And you and, can replace them. And, and replace you know it. That's a fun game, too. Yes. It's yeah. You no, know, that's its own game. Yeah, is to use the thing that you love, uh-huh. and then when they break, find it again. Yeah, and it, it does warm my heart. Like uh, about two days ago, I sadly broke my sweet Polly glass, and my son went, "No, not the sweet Polly!" <laughs> I thought to myself, "I am doing a good job." As right, a you're raising, you're raising that kid. I'll tell you that painting right there, which was done by uh, Joe Wilson, former co-host of the Dork Forest. Okay. His wife Kathy Zaloga painted that design which is flowers uh-huh and it's from 
one of my favorite bowls when I was a kid at my grandma's house. It's the design what an on the bowl. Awesome gift. It was a beautiful thing for her to do. And um and the, she has another one too. She has this other one that I that I love even more because it looked like a wizard hat when I was a little kid, when uh-huh. I was like four. And uh and she's been working on that in her copious amounts of free time for the last whatever five years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So in other words, not anytime soon. Right. Which is fine. But I mean it's like I mean I love the idea of using that stuff, right? Because Absolutely. Like, well, you have a Dr. Strange Tumblr. Right. Comes from ToonTumblers.com, today's sponsor. And I have a pirate, uh, just a pirate one that I think we got it somewhere. And, um, and we break these things every, you know, you, twice a year, yeah. someone will drop a pint glass and then, and who knew I was collecting pint glasses <laughs> <laughs> until all of a sudden I collect pint glasses. Right. And, right. Cause the first one I got, um, I went to Comic Con one year and I got a Captain America one and then I went online and those, you can't buy them in, in, in California because they're not dishwasher safe and they might have lead paint in them or something. So they have oh. to be hand, but all the paints on the outside, it's not like I'm drinking lead. And I'm an adult, right? So right, but it, so, maybe it goes on your other dishes. So I never thought about that. Yeah, I, wow, I never thought about that. For me, the collecting when you have kids, I think is awesome too because glasses were made better then. Mm. Things were made better. Like right. like nowadays, kids, you can drop them and it's okay. Sometimes, yeah, they're or they're just the feel of them are different. Like you pick up a glass nowadays, is, and it's like, God, if I squeeze it, the whole thing will just pop. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. Like the things that what I love about even because I'm really into like teak furniture, like from the okay. 50s, mid century, or and uh, walnut furniture, like stuff from the old days were just made with such more just yeah they quality. only i think it's because everybody it only has one thing and they're like so we're gonna make it right yes and then we're gonna only sell you know we're just gonna make it right because people only could afford one decent set of like a like a kitchen set right. and now you go to ikea and it's 120 dollars, and you're like well when it falls apart i'll buy a new one right and exactly. uh yeah so i i love the idea of that stuff that's made i have a friend of mine who who hired a guy to make shelves uh-huh. I mean, I would love to have really cool bookshelves. Yeah. And, and I like those ones that move and then move back and then oh, like there's bookshelves yeah. within bookshelves. Right, so right. So you can sort of, but you need sort of a deeper house. You gotta be able to have like a secret room yeah. worth of space. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. And a thousand square foot house, uh, we just gonna have bookcases. Yeah. So it'll be fine. <laughs> but I do think about um sometimes putting like up high shelves, like just one row of shelf that went around the entire oh, house right. that we could put things on. But what a dusting nightmare. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm not tall enough or motivated enough or have a cleaning lady uh to so or to Look, force somebody stuff like to get that, up there. Even a cleaning lady be fuck you, man. <laughs> She's like, no no I'm doing everything low. I'm doing cleaning all ladies of- do not like to dust skeletors. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I I like the idea of cutting yourself off at a certain point where you you're have like, to. Yeah, you, ha- you really do because it. Uh, like I have a friend who has a Mickey Mouse collection, and you know it really started off for her innocently enough. She had a couple <laughs> of things, and then people because she's a comedian, old school comedian, mm-hmm. and uh, over the years, people whenever she had a party, they would bring they Mickey would Mouse bring stuff. stuff. And then it got to the point where she. She was a cave of Mickey Mouse. Right. And it overwhelmed her and right. it like locked her up or something. You right. know? And it ruins the initial, you know, the initial joy of it. It's true though. Once you tell people that you collect stuff, they constantly bring it. Like I yeah. remember 
For some reason, my father used to collect unicorns in the 70s. You shouldn't be saying that out loud, Jackie. <laughs> he's, a, he's one of the gayest straight men in the world. Uh, he is completely, he is hilariously, hilariously, um, like, set, like he loves, and so people would bring him, and my favorite unicorn thing, the only unicorn thing that was left was this thing. It was made out of crushed pecan shells, shaped so it looked like a piece of wood that was a unicorn, <laughs> but it was made out of crushed pecan shells. And my brother Phil, for some reason, it's in his garage. And I have no idea why, but it makes me laugh every time I see that it. And funny. I kind of want it. Yeah. And then now he's been collecting frogs. Wow. Yeah. He says it's because he makes some joke about, uh, you know, that you got to kiss a lot of frogs to get a prince or something. Uh-huh. Like that. And he's like, I'm always, I'm, I don't know what it's, it's in a, he shouldn't so your tell father me. father says you have to. Yeah, I don't it's know what, I'm uncertain what the saying is, probably because I'm blocking it, because he's uh-huh. telling me about his dating habits. 75, 75, 76 years old. I don't want to know, Dad. I hope it all works out for you, but I can't, we can't have that conversation, because I'm your daughter. I know. <laughs> You're creeping me out, buddy. I know, parents can creep you out. One time my mom told me that my dad had a big one, and it was just like, there's just <laughs> no need. <laughs> For my 14-year-old ass to know that my father's hung like quick drama McGraw. Oh There's just God. no need. Well, like, how quick can I? Quick McGraw? I, I don't know. Like, how? Is he hung like Mr. Michaels? He, What's happening? He, uh, well, I saw my brother's penis once, which was quite large by accident when he was showering. That's so the I, way to I, go. I, I tend by to accident. believe. Thank God it was by accident. I tend mm. to believe that uh, my father was hung. <clears throat> right. Uh the the greatest thing of my childhood is that uh, the, the sexual uh talk was kept to a uh, bare minimum. Really? Yeah, there was no there was no inappropriate. Well, not in my <laughs> childhood. Um, my, I remember one time we went on a date. I must have been 15 years old and I went with this guy and we went to go to a drive-in movie theater. And um I touched his penis and you I You were allowed to go to a drive-in when you were 15? Yeah. Where did course- you grow up? Poor supervision on my mother's part. That's that. That seems like bad parenting. Yeah. What? Well, uh, where? That being said, my mother was in a wheelchair and couldn't really chase him oh, down. Right. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So, but uh, did you grow up in L.A. though? Mm-mm. Oh. I'm an army brat, so I grew up a little bit oh, everywhere. everywhere. There you go. And at that time, that was in Colorado. Okay. Outside Fort Carson, you know, near sure, Colorado sure. Springs. So uh, uh, I went on this uh, date with this guy, and I did touch his penis, but that was it. And I came home, and my mother was like, "Did you, you know, give him a blowjob?" And I was like, "What? Oh you know?" My God. And then she was like, "You know, they really like it when you tickle the taint." <laughs> she used the word taint. She used the word taint. I thought the word taint was just invented. No, the I know taint, 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 taint has been around. The taint has been around. Mm. You thought the word taint was a new word? Mm-hmm. Oh my Do you know God. what? I'm, I'm, I'm not very savvy. I'm not entirely savvy, but it ain't none of my concern. <laughs> I'm here all week. Better you said it than me. <laughs> but the, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I remember one time I was probably 16. No, I must have been 15 again, cause, or maybe 16, but I asked my mom, my stepmom what, uh, oral sex was. And her and my sister both looked at each other and they burst out laughing. They said, I'm not telling her. You want to tell her? And I was like, what? What? And Nancy, my stepmother, was like, what do you think it is? This is going to be funny. And uh, I don't even remember what I thought it was. And she was like, don't worry about it. It's not obviously affecting your life. Don't worry about it. It is. You know what? Kids nowadays know so much more like my the son when he was. I know. When How he old was, are your um, kids? They're 12 and 13 now. But okay. When he was like eight or nine, he 
he said to my other son, who was a year older than him, because they were arguing in the car, he's like, stop acting like a queef. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? What? I'm like, do you even know what a queef is? And he's like, yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you think he really didn't know or he just uh, no, I think didn't really want to tell you? No, I think he oh, must good. have heard it on the playground or. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. There was, um, and Nancy set, set us down when, uh, the, the only sex talk we got was, uh, I was probably eight and Darla was 10 and she sat us down with the world book encyclopedia with, uh, the picture of the men and women. There was, uh, plastic flimsies, like it uh-huh. would have the organs and all uh-huh. this stuff. And yeah, she, right, would, right. she gave us an incredibly scientific, bless you. Thank you. Uh, ex- explanation of the reproductive situation. And, uh, I remember being eight going, how does this affect me? And now we're going, yeah, I know this. I just don't get why you would want to. And we sat there politely and let her tell us. And at the end of it, we were all relieved. We were all relieved yeah. that we had no part. We didn't have to go anywhere uh, and talk about it. And my dad never, he never swore when I was a kid. And he wow. never, and he never talked sex stuff. He was busy having affairs, but uh he never, thank you God, never brought it home. It's one now, of, do you think these women he had affairs with saw him holding a unicorn and was like, I'm going <laughs> I'm going to hit that. <laughs> I think it was probably a dick joke, the unicorn thing. Be, oh, knowing really? Him. Knowing him? Sure, what the heck. Is, he your dad, is he a handsome fella? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good-looking guy. Very dapper. Very well-dressed. Wow. Mm-hmm. My dad, he 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 was a little bit of a player. He was a handsome fella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got, a, I got a picture of him. I got a picture of him somewhere wearing that gold suit. And him and my grandmother in that tiny, see that brown oh, frame nice. on the bottom? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. him. My uh, my dad actually gave me, when I when he saw that I was collecting cartoon glasses, he had saved, when he was a kid, an old Shirley Temple glass. What? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. And he gave it to me, and it's like one of my favorite things. Yeah. That is, that's neat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so cool when, um, I mean, that, I mean, I think that's why people collect, don't you think, is to... I think so. I mean, I know for me, like when my mother passed away, my mother was really um, into like cheesy jewelry. Yeah. And at the time, like brooches like, and stuff. Just like you know, she was into the whole turquoise thing. Okay. She was really into that whole kind of look. And it's coming back. Don't yeah, worry. I know. And uh, but she had a couple other little things, and I never understood. I was never a jewelry person. And I didn't understand why women had so much jewelry and right. But then when she passed away and, and it's like you have something of hers that she appreciated. And for me, like I started collecting other stuff uh, because I know, you know, the, the lunch boxes have to go to someone, you know, right. like they'll weed them out, but they'll keep the, the, the top uh, 25. Yes, yeah. yeah. And there's probably enough for both of them. But I kind of feel like, you know, I want a collection of something to go to each kid. Right. So uh, I, I also collect old movie posters. Okay. But I like them in Spanish. Oh, neat. Yeah, because it's because you can get them for super cheap. Like I went right. on eBay. I bought a Rock Hudson Doris Day. I don't mean to brag. Which uh, one? A pillow Talk. Yeah. For $12 two years ago. In Spanish. In Spanish. And it's graphically one of the most beautiful things. And I got... Can you send me a, a JPEG of that? I will. And oh. I got a uh, recently a uh, Jerry Lewis, the bellboy in Spanish. Might have paid 10 bucks for it. <laughs> you know? Uh, one of my favorite uh, Jerry Lu- um, Rock Hudson Doris days is uh, Lover Come Back. Where it's the advertising one where, where right. he creates VIP. Which is the ten cent drunk that uh that the American public 
uh, has always wanted. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's such a great, and it's so full of like Hayes code kind of like they, they have to get married. Uh-huh. You know, and they're, it's, it's this tricking each other and it's hilarious. Yeah. And, um, yeah. it isn't a good movie. It's a, it's a great movie. Uh, but it is not a film. Well, and the greatest thing about collecting is just when you look at something that you got in some weird, bizarre case, mm-hmm. it totally, uh, politely and pleasantly <laughs> reminds you of it constantly. Like yeah. I have a, uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, uh, which was m- one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. The Poster. Reruns. I have it, uh, I don't have the lunchbox because it's a hard one to get in good condition. Okay. But I, when I, I went to Barcelona a couple of years ago with some girlfriends and, uh, we were just farting around. I was in some junk paper shop in the shitty part of town. Right. And away in the back and there's all these old papers and books everywhere hung a Spanish original voyage to the bottom of the sea poster. poster. And I was, and I literally, you know what? I, I don't even think we were in the shop. I literally was just walking by the shop. I think we were shopping for clothes <laughs> or something like that. That's what, that's how it happened. I was like, and I turned and I saw it like, like way away. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And now it's in my boy's room, you know? Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you get them um, at least nominally framed to protect them? Uh, they are framed. The, I haven't framed, uh, the, uh, um, Jerry Lewis one yet. Cause I just got that. Oh, right. And, and, uh, I was in a house that was a little, little, got a little damp in the house. You right. Know? And uh, like I have a Ocean's Eleven Spanish one. Right. And, and, uh, and then I have one that's from Mexico and it's a science fiction one, which is Mexican posters are, are pretty collectible if they're, uh, you know, like from uh, the Mexican uh, movie Cin- cinema. Okay, you know like I mean? their own films. Yeah, and yeah. it's a really graphically cool one because it's about these like space alien women with the big pointy boobs and stuff right, like right. that. But the humidity in the house slightly changed the color. Oh, know? fair enough. That's kind of a drag. That is know? a drag. But what are you going to do? Nothing. You know? yeah. 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 It lasts as long as it lasts. It lasts as long as it That's lasts. The, the, that is an excellent attitude about the collecting. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. Felicia Michaels at Felicia Michaels uh, Twitter. Is your Twitter account, right? Yes, at Felicia Michaels. And FeliciaMichaels.net mm-hmm. is your website, which has probably tour dates and information and, and yes, blog yes. or whatever. I also have another Twitter account. Because uh, you have a podcast, right? I have a podcast. So What's I that have called? a podcast. Uh, I did two podcasts. I had a podcast for a couple of years, which is still up called Beauty and the Beast with Joey Diaz, which right? did uh, quite well for two years. And then I, uh, I started a new one with ladies, with the ladies called She Said What. It's with Daniel Stewart and Nina Manny. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I did want to say I do have a, another Twitter account um, at Fraulein Tight. T-I-G-H-T? Yes, because it just makes me laugh. Because sometimes <laughs> my email, I'll get, a, you know, those kickback emails from Twitter like, right. this is what's happening today, Fraulein Tight. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Uh, crazy Germans. <laughs> well, Felicia Michaels, uh, this has been a treat. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on and talking about all your stuff you like. I'm glad that I could illuminate to the public my love of lunchboxes. Done. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?